come on, what an awesome, awesome Serve Day video and an awesome day at Serve Day yesterday. And listen, it's been a great day in God's house today and we're just getting started. Come on, listen, let's take a moment and just celebrate those people who made their next step of faith today by getting water baptized, <laughs> taking their faith public. It was Man, it's been such a good day so far. I'm really excited about everything that God's got going on. Listen, you've probably noticed by now, I'm not Pastor Jamie. My name is Crystal Quince, and I'm one of the next-gen pastors here at Transformation Church. And Pastor Jamie is on vacation with his family this week, and I love it when he goes on vacation. Not just because I get the opportunity to speak to you all, but I love when he goes on vacation with his family because he comes back with the best stories. So listen, if you haven't been here for a post-family vacation, you don't want to miss church for the next couple of weeks. So Next week, we actually have something really special planned for you. It's a surprise. I can't tell you what's happening because then it wouldn't be a surprise anymore. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, You guys want to be here for that. So listen, talking about stories, I need to tell you guys a story. The other day I was in Walmart and it was my day off. So I was real casual, like really casual. And, uh, you know, I'm a 2019 kind of gal. So I don't really go and do a whole lot of shopping in stores because there's an app for that, you know. So typically I put a bunch of stuff in a cart on an app and then send my husband to the drive up and pick it up. And uh, when I'm feeling real froggy, I take the extra $8 and spend that $8. So somebody brings it to my door, drops it off at my house. Just leave them a little tip. It's nice. I love it. Uh, but the other day, I needed to go and pick up my own stuff. I had a few th- different things to get in a hurry. And then, you know, let's be honest. My toddler had been crying all day. I wasn't doing nothing at home but laundry. I needed an excuse to get out the house. So I'm walking around Walmart and I listen. I overhear these two ladies having this conversation. And one lady is holding up a nightgown to her friend. And I promise you her exact words was, "Uh, is this really a nightgown? Because it shouldn't be. As if she was going to try to wear this out into the real world, like it was outerwear. And I look over at the nightgown and I say, oh, girl, no, that's definitely a nightgown. Everything about that screams nightgown. If you try to wear that out in the real world, you're going to cause some problems for all of us. But thank the Lord for the Lord. And I caught myself. I didn't say it out loud. I just thought it in my own head. Because she wasn't talking to me. I didn't have no business being in that woman's business. But I walked by and I shook my head to myself. And I thought, dang, people of Walmart, man. Always out here making bad decisions in these Walmart owls. And then I start looking at a pair of shorts. They were $8. I saved $8 by picking up my own stuff this week. So I could, I could buy these little cute shorts. And I'm holding them up. And I'm looking, gauging whether or not I like them, whether or not they're going to fit. And I, all of a sudden, I, I have a moment. And I have to invite you guys into this moment that I have. I had this moment where I looked down at myself and I realized I was wearing this dingy white uh, tank top with sailboats, pastel sailboats on it. I'm wearing these athletic wear leggings with big color blocks all over them, different colors in the polo sailboats. And then to tie the whole ensemble together, I'm wearing Adidas slides, but not just like the black pair or the white pair or the blue pair. I'm wearing the floral pair. So I'm standing in Walmart in three different patterns, looking not just casual. Y'all, I actually look disheveled. And my hair is messy, and I couldn't remember if I brushed my teeth that day. And I'm standing in Walmart, and I have this moment where I realize, oh, dear Lord, it's not her. She's not the people of Walmart. I am the people of Walmart. I am what is wrong with the world. And so I'm standing there, and I'm still having this moment. I'm thinking, poor 17-year-old Crystal. Poor 17-year-old Crystal who, when her mother asked her to go to Walmart to run errands to pick up juice and milk and eggs, she says, okay, I'll do that. And two hours later, 
hair done, full face of makeup, completely dressed head to toe because 17 year old Crystal always thought you never know who you're gonna run into at Walmart. And uh, you know what 17 year old Crystal would say 20 years later to, to me? She would say, you should do better. You should do better, Crystal. And you know, this is all she got though. She just got me and <laughs> so tough for her. But I, it did make me think that there is something about a well-placed should. And I probably should go to Walmart looking a little bit more presentable. I might run into some of y'all there. But some shoulds are misplaced. And so like me and parenting, I had several shoulds when it came to parenting. A lot of you know that, I am, are you still a new mom? Have you been a mom for a year? Is that how that works? So I see some yeses and some noes. But So I have been a mom for about 14 months and I had a lot of shoulds before I went into parenting, you know. I thought I was going to have it all figured out. I knew what should happen next because I'd read all the books and the blogs and listened to the podcasts and I'd watched other people raise their children and I saw what worked and didn't work. I remember from when I was a kid what worked and what didn't work and I have, I prayed. Lord knows I prayed. I was ready and I know what should happen to be a good parent, but I didn't take some things into consideration I didn't take my husband into consideration. Lord knows he's a totally different human than me. Uh, I didn't take my kid's personality into consideration because this kid has enough personality to fill this room. I didn't take reality in the, into the situation because you never can know what's going to happen next. You can't just guess all of this stuff. And so when I left Walmart that night, I went home and I did what every you know, mother does that's contemplating the shoulds in her life. I looked up parenting memes. And so I found a couple of them that I really feel like that show you a little bit of my life. So this is how you get to know me better. The first one is uh, the mom I thought I was going to be versus the mom that I actually am. You is broke, you is tired, you is a parent. Yes, yes, that is true. This one is for the dads. Y'all ask Pastor Emery about this reality right here. <laughs> poor, poor Pastor Emery, y'all. Y'all pray for my husband. <laughs> okay, and this is me the other day in Walmart, y'all. This is me, Whew. Just out the house. No kids. Somebody else's kids start crying. I walk by like, girl, that's your problem. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is my little family. And I joke. I joke, but I love being a mom. I love being a mom. But today I want to talk to you. The title of my message today is The Power of a Well-Placed Should. In Matthew 20, starting in verse 20, it says, Then Zebedee's wife came to Jesus and brought her sons. She bowed before Jesus and asked him to do something for her. Jesus said, what do you want? She said, promise that one of my sons will sit at your right side in your kingdom and the other at your left. So Jesus said to the sons, you don't understand what you were asking. Can you drink from the cup that I must drink from? The sons answered, yes, we can. Jesus said to them, it is true that you will drink from the cup that I drink from, but it is not for me to say who will sit at my right or my left. My father has decided who will do that. He has prepared those places for them. And then the other followers heard what was going on. and They got angry with the two brothers. And this is where it kind of starts to get good for me. It says, Jesus called the other followers together and he said, you know that the rulers of the non-Jewish people love to show their power over the people. And their important leaders love to use all their authority over the people. In verse 26, he says, but it should be different. It should not be that way with you. Whoever wants to be your leader must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must serve the rest of you like a slave. 
In verse 28, he gets even more specific and he says, do as I did. The son of man did not come for people to serve him, but rather he came to serve others and to give his life to save many. My prayer and my hope today is that you would leave today not just feeling encouraged, but I want you to feel empowered because Jesus empowered us in verse 28 by telling us to do what he did. God, we're so grateful for today and everything that's happened so far. And I just ask right now, God, that as we go through these words for the next few minutes, that you would speak to our hearts and our life, Lord, that you would have your way in every part of our world, that we wouldn't worry and hold on to the things that we think that we know, but that today, God, we'd open up our hearts and our lives to you to hear a fresh word from you. God, if you want this life, we'll give it to you. We're not going to hold it back from you. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's say amen. Okay, so some of you don't know me very well, and I can see that I'm going to have my work cut out for me today. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have a reputation for being, shall we say, sassy. So um, I don't actually see it myself, but people have told me this on an occasion or two. But really, I'm asking that today you don't confuse passion with sass, because today they're very different. The message I'm sharing with you today is very near and dear to my heart because I love the local church. Like, I really love the local church. My life was completely changed in a local church. I am the person I am today because of the heartbeat of the local church. When I said yes to Jesus, I thought that I would be content to sit in the back of an auditorium, do a little bit of this and that during praise and worship, hear the preached word, and then walk out the door and come again the next week. I thought that would be enough for me. But then I began to serve. And then a group of people came around me and became more than friends to me. They became family to me. And they brought me into a world that I'd never lived in before called community. And in this community... My life began to change, and I am who I am today because of the heartbeat of the local church. So when I tell you I love the local church, I really love the local church, but I don't just love the global local church. I love my church. Now, this church might not be the church that I was in when I said yes to Jesus the first time and got saved, but this has been my home for the last six years. The pastors here are my spiritual authority. The people here are my Babies, uncles and aunts and grannies and grandpas and cousins and play sisters and play brothers. You guys are me and Emory's family. You're our friends. We laugh together. We cry together. We love together. We pray together. We live life together. It's so good. But the church that I love so much has nothing to do with this building at 340 Park Village. The church I love so much are the people who gather together in this building. The church is you and me. The church is the people. And so excuse me if I have really, shall we say, strong opinions about a misplaced should. Yesterday was awesome. I really loved everything that we got to be a part of. We had 120 of your family members show up on a Saturday morning to serve, pick up trash, plant stuff, and do all kind of different things around the community. It was absolutely amazing. And it wasn't just 120 of us. There were hundreds of churches around the country, hundreds of churches even further around the globe. There were thousands of people. If you don't believe me, go to your Instagram. Type in hashtag serveday19. Because there were so many of us that were serving and we were all doing it in the name of Jesus. It was absolutely incredible. And we got to be a part of it. 
But what's inevitable now is the influx of misplaced shoulds that start to show up. You know, like, oh, you know what we should do? We should have more serve days, more serve projects. We should do it at least once a month. Oh, oh, you know, we should put a campus over in such and such part of town. It's closer to me. I don't have to drive there when it rains. It won't take that long. You know, oh, you know what we should do? We should spend more time with the homeless, feeding the homeless. We should go to nursing homes more. We should get involved in foster care and orphans and widow care. Oh, you know what we should do? We should get a bus ministry. Go get a bus, pick people up at their house, bring them to church and then take them back home. And y'all are looking at me because you think I lost my mind. You think, what kind of fake Christian don't want to do these good things? These sound like good things to be a part of. And I agree, they're great things to be a part of. But your should is misplaced. You see, in my life, I've been a part of some of these things. So I'm not raining on these parades. These are great parades to be in. And I'm not judging you. I'm empowering you. This is where your should belongs. Your should belongs here with you. Remember in Matthew 20, it says, do as I did. The son of man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life to save many people. Jesus used the power that he got in heaven to come to earth and accomplish the shoes around him. He gave of himself. He encouraged others to do the same. He poured out his own life. He poured it out to the point that there was nothing left to give anyone else. He continually gave himself away and he asked us to continually give ourselves away too. Serving is the foundation of the Christian lifestyle. Way more than a political platform could ever be. More more important than any rules that you can try to give a a new incoming Christian. You don't need any special classes. You don't need a degree in theology. Serving is the easiest and the most effective evangelistic tool that we have in our tool belt. You don't know how important serving is. It's more important than anything that we can ever imagine because you don't need to know the Greek and Hebrew to do it. The impact of serving is going to go way further than any apologetic argument or track that you could hand someone. The most impactful act of serving that I've ever read in the Bible and that Christians love to talk about is found in the book of John, John 13. And it says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and that he would return to God. So knowing that he got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples feet during uh, drying them with his towel that he had wrapped around him. And down in verse 12, it says, after washing their feet, He put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked them, do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right because I am those things. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash others feet. And I've heard this message so many times and this is around the moment that a lot of people stop. 
And they say, we ought to be washing one another's feet because Jesus did it. We ought to do it too. Just like it said in verse 14 and somebody bring out a chair and somebody come up as a volunteer, slip off their shoes, put their feet in the water and somebody begin to wash their feet. But I won't be washing any feet up here today. It's not because I have an issue with washing feet. I don't mind feet. They don't bother me in the least bit. But I won't be washing feet today because I don't think anybody in here got up early this morning to track themselves to church through a dusty desert road filled with dirt and debris and donkey do to get to church this morning right it's okay for y'all to talk back and laugh a little bit we have in church today this is a family we gather together in this building I don't think anybody had to do that most of us got in cars and, and, and rode here on some paved roads outside and there's no need Jesus was meeting a need that was practical in the community that he was in that day, in the setting that he was in that day. He looked around. He realized that nobody was willing to take the lowest place as servant. And he said, I am willing to take the lowest place as the lowest servant and do the least important job that it would be the biggest blessing to where I am today. And that's because we don't need, we need to look at verse 15. Verse 15 is important today. It says, I have given you An example to follow, do as I have done to you. He gave us the example to follow, not an action to replicate into a ceremony. Today, God is asking us to do what he did, to look around, to see what needs can be met right around us and to meet them. It's way easier. Serving isn't as hard as we make it out to be. It's simple. It is as simple as seeing a need and meeting it. It's as simple as seeing a need and meeting it. Jesus left you as the representation of the church at your job and at your school and in your neighborhood and at the Walmart. He left you as a representation of who he is everywhere. And if we're going to follow his example, like verse 15 tells us to do, then that means we need to take personal responsibility for the needs around us the same way that Jesus took the personal responsibility for the needs around himself. And I must have heard the phrase, the hands and feet of Jesus a gazillion times in my life. And honestly, this is what y'all should know about me. I'm a wimp. Man, if my feet hurt, if my hands hurt, if I stub my big toe, you done. You on your own. I'm not cooking. I ain't cleaning. I ain't walking up and down doing this laundry in the basement. Y'all got me all kinds of messed up. I ain't doing it. <laughs> and we do the same thing to Jesus. If we're his hands and, we, and we're his feet and we serve on serve days in July, go to a soup kitchen and thank, for Thanksgiving, participate in the angel tree party at Christmas time, then we have effectively crippled our savior for the rest of the year his hands and his feet are dormant while we're doing nothing while we put serving on the back burner we've left jesus out of commission to serve the community because we're his hands and his feet so it's no wonder that people don't want to hear what the church has to say about the jesus that we serve when the people who belong in the church come in and out of the doors at their leisure, ignoring the needs of the people in the world around them until they disagree with the people around them in the world. And then they got plenty to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got too, Fanny Pat got too excited today. And it's not just you. It's not just me. It's all of us. It takes all of us collectively to serve the world around us. Jesus said it should be different for us. So let's encourage one another, not beat one another up. Let's be a part of this together. 
Let's use the, the shoulds and redirect them to influence ourselves, to influence the person that you have the most impact, the most influence over every single day. And the kingdom of God will become expansive with power. We would see a need and we would meet it. And, you know, I would be able to look in the mirror and say, I should be the one to cut my elderly neighbor's grass. I should be the one to help this woman with all these groceries to get into her car with this buggy full of stuff. You know, let me tell you, I was at Hobby Lobby. Listen, if you listen online, Hobby Lobby shoppers, you need to hear this too. I was at Hobby Lobby at Easter time shopping. I had two carts full of stuff to bring back to the church to decorate the kids ministry for Easter. I had the baby with me in a carrier. I had my hands full. I kept dropping fake grass and Easter eggs all over the parking lot and people just kept walking past me like I wasn't standing there. I expect better from Hobby Lobby. Chick-fil-A wouldn't have done me like that. Somebody would have helped me get that stuff in my car. You know, sometimes we're trying to meet a need that doesn't even exist. You know, you can meet a need of a single mom. Not every single mom is poor and down now. You know, sometimes a single mom needs something that only somebody else can help her with, like a little bit of conversation and some time. You know, do you know how much of a servant you would be if you would invite a single mom and her kids over, make you a big old pitcher of southern sweet iced tea, let her kids dive in and out of your pool that's just in the backyard being unused anyway, and let them run some laps until they're tired enough to go home and take a nap and she could read a book or think about her own life for two seconds. You would be serving this woman in a way that you would never even begin to imagine and it wouldn't cost you anything but a tea bag. There is a life that we can live that is full of serving, looking at the world around us and intentionally making a decision to see a need and then to meet it. And you know what I can promise you today? I can promise you several things. I can promise you that not every need costs money. I can promise you that you have stuff in your hand that you can use to meet a need. And I promise you that if you would look and find a need that you can meet, You would not have any time to bring your shoulds to the non-existent Transformation Church suggestion box because it doesn't exist for a reason, y'all. It's non-existent for a reason. And the reason it doesn't exist is because Transformation Church has a vision. Our vision is to make Jesus known so that lives are transformed. And we do that in four ways every single week. First, we experience God. We believe that this building, no matter where you came from, no matter what your denominational background is like, we believe that when you step foot in this door, we want to help to foster an atmosphere where anybody can experience the love and kindness and patience and goodness of our God. And then we also uh, do it by finding freedom. We have connect groups and we believe that you can find freedom in the context of relationship with one another. Healthy, godly, loving friendship and community is a place where you can find freedom. And we make a big emphasis on connect groups. And we also believe that you can discover your purpose and we do that with next steps. People come in and they take a spiritual, set, uh, spiritual gifts assessment and they do the disc and you can get a part of Leader Lab and you can learn more about the way to view the world through the four lenses. And there's all these places that we want you to be able to discover your purpose so that you can continue to serve God. And then finally, we do it by like what we're talking about today being the church. You know, there's so many times that people ask me how I got to this place that I am today. And can I tell you, 
It's not because I pursued ministry. It's because I pursued a lifestyle of serving. When I was a new Christian, I was single and Christian ready to mingle. And there was this new dude at my church. And he, he told me one day, he was like, man, I went down with some friends and served at this homeless ministry. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? How was it? Oh my gosh, that sounds like such a great opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I would love to be a part of something like that. You know, if you would invite me to go too, you know. And I did go the next week. But you know what happened? That guy and his friends didn't really keep going and serving there. And he didn't really stay at our church very long either. But I found that I loved getting up and giving my life to something more than my Monday through Friday nine to five job. I love that I found pouring out pieces of myself. I didn't miss sleeping in on Saturday mornings. I didn't hate that it was 99 degrees outside in Texas. Okay, I did hate that. But it didn't stop me from living a life full of serving. And you know what happened? We had like 10 kids in our youth group back then. And two kids asked me about what I was doing on a Saturday. I told them, they asked could they go, I brought them. Then two more. And then I start showing up in the neighborhood to pick up kids and there'd be strangers on the corner waving at me. And I'm like, what? They're like, can we go too? Go where? Can we go downtown and do the homeless thing with you guys? I don't know you. Who are your parents? I'm not taking you anywhere in my car. This sounds rural illegal. And before you know it, I had all them little 10 kids shoved in that Dodge Caliber going back and forth from downtown to the suburbs every Saturday morning. My pastor told me back then, he said, uh, he who gets the vision gets the job. So if you see a need, meet it. If you think it should be done, then you do it. You know, I loved that I got to serve, not because I loved serving. It was great to serve the homeless community in that area, but it was also great to see the impact that I was having on these teenagers as I was showing them what it looked like to live a life that was centered around someone other than yourself. And I'm not telling you this so that you can replicate it in your own way. I'm telling you that if you follow the example of serving that Jesus has set before us, parts of your life that you never knew were dead would begin to come alive. And that Jesus would begin to do things in your life that you never expected and that you never even saw coming. And if you don't know what need needs to be met, then just ask. Last year in June in this church, 2018, we were averaging 575 people a week in attendance. This year, just last month, we're averaging 800 people a week in attendance. In the last two weeks alone, we've had 49 fresh starts. That's people saying yes to Jesus for the first time. People saying, I'm coming back home to Jesus today. That's incredible. Today we got people getting baptized. Pastor Herman is saying the song 99 times just, just so everybody can get an opportunity to get in the water and get out. Come on, it's incredible to be a part of a church like that. I'm so glad that we're not in some dead, dying place. I'm not making fun of anyone else. I'm looking around me and I'm telling you right now that there are needs that can be met. We need connect group leaders to love these people. These people need to know that there are folks that love them and will care for them and be a part of their life. Listen, let me tell you a story about my friend Annabelle. She, I don't have very much time, but the worship team sang long, so I got a little, I'm taking a few extra minutes. My friend Annabelle, she attends church here and she's great. I love her. I'm really, probably I'm a mom today because of part of, partly because of the impact she had in my life when it came to adoption and her heartbeat for it. And uh, I don't know, I didn't cry the first service, but she's in here, so it got me all 
got me all shooketh. So, but I also sponsor a little kid in Uganda because of her, but that's, that's a story for another day. So Annabelle told me a story yesterday. She recently lost her dad last month, and, uh, or the month before, actually. And she was telling me yesterday while we were here at Serve Day that she came from a church that previously when something like that happens, there's a whole group of people that would surround her and make sure she has meals in her home and call her and text her each day to check in on her, make sure she's okay. And she was saying that when that happened this time in this church, she didn't really have that support around her. She didn't have that group of people around her, but this is why I love Annabelle. Because she's not telling me this story in this snarky, you know what should be done kind of way. She's telling me this story in, in the review of her own mirror, she says, in the fall, I want to lead a connect group because I want to help facilitate that for other people so that other people will know that there's community around them that love them and can be a part of their life with them. And yeah, that deserves your applause, but more importantly, I hope that it prompts you toward action. Connect group leader training is September, August the 10th, right here at the church on a Saturday morning. You know, some of you have a home that you could open up and invite people into and love on and do a Bible study with or let their kids swim in your pool and all these different kind of things. And some of you might not be ready to lead a connect group, but connect group rally is coming up in September. If you're not ready to lead a connect group, why don't you commit to getting in one, to plugging in, to finding a community for you to be a part of. And then together as a community, you can look around you, see what needs are in your community and begin to meet them for one another and with one another. There are other ways to meet needs other than connect groups. You can hold babies. You can hold doors. You can hold signs. There's a lot of stuff in this church that can be held. You can make coffee. You can direct parking in the lot. Man, you could run a camera. I promise you we need people to run a camera. It's not that hard. I can do it. You can do it. Anybody can do it. There's so many needs that can be met. And I need y'all to lean in and hear this. I must tell you because I love you and it's probably going to sting just a little bit if it's for you. But what I want you to know is that if you're not on a serve team, there's only one acceptable place for you to put your should. And it's with you until you plug in, until you give your own life away sacrificially, until you start to take on the responsibility of the needs right around you. Come on. Would you think of what could happen if the 800 of us that attend church here regularly would get into a connect group and if every connect group just began to meet the needs around just them come on do you know if we're not talking about just tossing money at problems writing checks we're talking about truly being the hands and feet of Jesus and doing serve projects before art day 2020 comes around do you know the kind of impact that we could have in our community come on will you stand with me church do you know how different Knoxville would be if we began to do that how easy it would be to invite your neighbors and your co-workers to church. Man, they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 I heard it at church. There's a group of guys doing this over in that no South Knoxville. And, oh, these ladies were doing something at my neighbor's house. And, oh, Knox. And there's this, oh, man, I know that church. You know how easy it'd be to get our kids to show up for TC Kids on Sunday morning if the people who love kids most were back there serving them, loving on them, waiting for them on Sunday mornings? You know how simple it would be to get your teenagers out the house on a Wednesday night to go to church if they knew that when they got there, there were people there waiting on them to love them with the love of Christ? Wouldn't our lives feel more full, more full of meaning if we weren't allowing the things that God put inside of us just to decay? because they weren't being used. 
People would see the life that we live and they would want pieces of it for themselves. Man, we'd have campuses all over Knoxville. If people would say, you know what? I'm gonna serve at least three Sundays a month instead of once every three Sundays. Man, you wouldn't be able to stop us. We'd be meeting these all over Knoxville and all over Tennessee and things would be expansive with the power of God if we would begin to walk out in the fundamental lifestyle that Jesus intended for us to live serving one another. Come on, what if we really believe that God empowered us by his spirit to see a need and to meet it? Come on, will you close your eyes? Will you bow your heads? I want to pray for you this morning and I'm going to Pray for two different things. Today, I believe that God has empowered each and every one of us with his spirit and by his word to meet a need. If you want to be a part of committing today, that you will open up your eyes and intentionally look around you to see what type of needs you can begin to meet. Will you please just raise your hand? It won't cost you a penny. It won't cost you a thing, but it will cost you your selfishness. It will cost you your own comfort. It will cost you your time. Come on, I see hands everywhere. My hand's up. I want to do a better job of seeing needs and beginning to meet them all around me. I think we could be the type of church that would intentionally look for opportunities to serve one another and in our community. Come on, thank you for your hands. You can put your hands down. I also want to pray for you today. Maybe you've been in and around church for a long time or maybe for the first time and you've never seen Christians that actually do that, that actually intentionally look for needs to meet and then to meet them you run into other things you run into judgment and you run into shadiness and you run into this and that negative thing you know I get that I've seen those things too but today I believe that God wants to start to break that stuff off of your heart so that today can be the day that you say yes to making a fresh start with him and if today you feel that God is moving in your heart and in your life, I want you to just, with all the heads bowed and with all eyes closed, I just want you to take a moment and say, you know what? I can give God a chance to show me what it should be like. Will you just raise your hand today? I see your hands. I see your hands in the back of the room. I see you. I see you on the sides. I, listen, this, today I just want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We believe that anybody who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth will be saved. And so today is the day of salvation. And today is the day that we can say yes, God. I'm not going to allow the troubles in the past to sh- cloud what you want to do in my heart and in my life today. So if that's you, I just want to give you another moment to lift your hand so that when we pray, we can count you as a part of that prayer. Come on, church. Will you, will, you, uh, will you engage your faith today? I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask you to pray along with me as we close up today. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in this community of believers, what you're doing in this gathering place that you call your church. And God, I thank you for the hearts of people that are being changed and challenged today. I thank you for my heart, God, and what you're doing in and around us by showing us the importance of serving one another. And Lord, I pray for those today that are raising their hands to you to make a fresh start, maybe for the first time or maybe for a hundredth time. Thank you, God, that you are the God of more than one chance, that you are the God of coming home over and over. You're always waiting on us. You're always looking for us. You always have your arms stretched out to us. And so I thank you for those that are saying yes to you today. Lord, I just want to ask that as we move out of this place today, wouldn't just be a message of encouragement and a few laughs, but that we would really allow it to seep into who we are and begin to help us dictate how we live our life. 
Come on, church, will you repeat after me today? Will we all do it together? Support those that are saying yes to Jesus for the first time today or maybe again and say, Jesus, today I thank you for the opportunity to make a fresh start. I believe that you came to earth to show us a different way to live. And today, I choose to live for you. I choose to give you my life and everything that comes along with it. And I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate what God's doing today? It's been an absolutely great day. I'm so excited for what God is doing.